Hey besties, you're listening to the Spill Thoughts with LRIU podcast. Enjoy! Welcome to the Spilled Thoughts with LLRU podcast. I'm your host, LLRU. Uh, my voice might sound a little bit weird or like host, horse, horse. You know what I'm trying to say. But <clears throat> that, that that's what we're dealing with today. I'm supposed to get a mic very soon. And right now I'm just working with this makeshift one. So I'm sorry if the audio is just super, super, super low. I am really sorry about that. But... We're talking about arranged marriages, using children to pay off debt, being controlled by family, and stuff under that sort of, under those categories. Let's just dive right into it. First off, I just want to say I know some religions uh, use arranged marriages, like Islam and Hinduism, but I'm not shitting on these religions for doing that. I'm just talking about arranged marriages in general. And th- those, like, generalized arranged marriages I'm talking about are, like, the ones rich people do for, like, business purposes. Because if maybe if you get, like, an arranged marriage by um, religion, you actually maybe get to know the person. I think you can stop them as well. I'm not sure about that one. But you kind of get to know the person you go into this relationship trying to make this marriage work. Oftentimes, uh, for the business ones, like, they just drop, drop, like, a contract. Uh, They don't try in these, and, like, you can probably get divorced by maybe after a five-year period of time kind of thing. But, yeah. So now we're going to talk about what is an arranged marriage, basically. So, according to Google Oxford Languages, an arranged marriage is a marriage planned and agreed by the families or guardians of the couple concerned. Now, you've probably watched, like, some shows or, like, movies or even read books. I know I've read a couple Wattpad books or just, like, books in general with uh, people getting married, like, getting into arranged marriages. Where, but the thing is, sometimes, like, you get into arranged marriages to pay off debt. So, basically, what I'm saying, so so basically, two of these topics, actually, all three of these, the topics I mentioned earlier are low-key, really, like, connected in some way. Because sometimes arranged marriages happen uh, because the family or the parents of one of those participants in the couple or couple to be 
want is like wants to pay off debt because maybe they own the other family money or something like that. Uh, I feel like arranged marriages happen a lot in like the business world, or just like among rich people in general. So like royal families and so on like that. Because I was watching this show actually earlier, and that's kind of what prompted the idea. But the show is called, it's on Netflix, by the way, and it's called The Royal Treatment. It's actually not bad. So, it's, a, it's not a bad show. It's not, well, it's a movie, not a show. It's not a bad movie, but it's kind of, it has like the generic arranged marriage and then the prince not really being into the person he is marrying and then ends up falling for like this other person or girl you know so that's basically the basis of this movie and the basis of like these arranged marriages too i feel like people in arranged marriages maybe uh, maybe like um cheat because they don't actually like their partner or they pick their partner their partner was basically forced up on them so maybe that like maybe that's a part of like cheating and divorce too because you know the marriages were arranged now sometimes when a person is like in an arranged marriage i'm not talking from experience obviously this is just my thought on something or my opinion so they're often they feel like they'll let down their family or like they'll be disowned or like their family would really be mad at them for not partaking into this partaking in like this agreement or whatever so they're basically being controlled by their family unwillingly but sometimes they're brainwashed into doing this shit um willingly until something happens and they're like no i want to get out of this i don't want this blah 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 and they finally realize that oh i was not free at all i was just doing things because my family wanted me it's kind of like peer pressure in a way but instead it's being pressured by your family Sometimes when they do not, when they no longer want to be controlled by their family or like it's when they find a partner and their family doesn't approve of that partner. Let's say someone is rich, right? It's mostly the guy. It's mostly like the guy being the rich one and their family not approving in these situations. So let's not use a guy as an example. So let's say you're this guy, right? You come from a rich family. You own successful businesses or whatever, something like that, right? So now you meet this girl. She's not from the same background as you, but you find her nice, you find her intriguing, you like her. So you go and you tell your family, oh, she's not rich, but I I like her. I like her. Look, her personality is good. I like her. She's She's whatever, you know? But they're like, no. Because, honestly, connections are, like, the only thing they really care about. And if it's a mutually benefiting situation. So, guess what the family does now? They give this person, this man or whatever, two options. Get rid of her. Or you are not a part of the will. You don't get no money. Or we're cutting you off. Something like that, right? Or they can just, like, be like... Or they can go to that girl or the significant other and be like, yo, leave them alone. We'll pay, we'll pay you off to leave this so-and-so alone. And mo- sometimes it'll work 
or like they'll or if it doesn't they'll like try to ruin their lives and threaten them you know and they'll basically try to run that person out of the relationship with the person who's of a good background or like rich i guess if that made any sense of all at all now let's kind of discuss more about the concept of using children to pay off debt you know i do not like that if a parent or like if a parent is in debt right or they owe a certain amount of money then that debt falls onto their child or children and then they have to pay off that debt even though they had nothing to do with the debt i really do not like that concept of all at all and i don't believe i believe that if you like owe something or like you're in debt and you die i don't believe it should go on to your family members or whatever i believe it should die with you basically i don't think it should go on to your family members i mean they had nothing to do with this debt they probably didn't even know when you were getting yourself into this situation you know i mean you i guess sometimes like you be get in debt because you want to pay off medical bills or something like that but i don't believe that that debt should fall onto the child unless the child wants to pay off the debt i don't think that they have to be entitled to pay off that debt or like they absolutely have to pay off that debt and then like you have some awful people out there that will actually sell their children to pay off their debts like in movies and shows like you see that happening and it's mainly with like the girls too like they pay off their debts to these horrible people and then they turn them into then they like put them into whorehouses and all of that this may be be coming from all the books i've been reading but seriously i think it's an actual issue and the and it, and i feel like it does happen in parts of the world where people actually actually use their children like sell their children to people to pay off that well not actually excel but like give their children to people just because they owe that person something and they can't pay back but then you have those the other things where they aren't in debt at all and they just sell their children just because they want money they just they're like oh you know i want that new diamond ring or something like that let me go sell carson or tina you know they don't even need that diamond. They just want it, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna even like that pretty today. Let me just sell it. Let me just sell them, and then take that money and go do whatever with it." Sometimes they don't even have to be in need of anything. They just sell their children, and then they get the money and they do whatever with it, which is really disgusting and effed up. It's horrible. Now I went to Wikipedia, and it basically says. Child selling is the practice of selling children, usually by parents, legal guardians, or subsequent masters, or custodians, after a sale when the subsequent relationship with the child is essentially non-exploitive. The usual purpose of child selling is to permit adoption. You know, I, I don't think it's to for like the adopting purposes. I think people are just disgusting and want to sell their children for money. But this episode here is solely on my thoughts on these topics and my opinions. They're not what I'm saying is not facts. 
It could be. But it's not. It's my opinions based on stuff that I've observed or media I've consumed. So in the next part on this like Wikipedia page, this is talking about in the United States now, it says, quote, Georgia Tan of Memphis, Tennessee, was employed by Tennessee Children's Home Society. According to a according to reporter Barbara Bitsanth Raymond, Tan in nineteen twenty four to nineteen fifty stole many children and sold five thousand children, most of all of them white. The children were adopted by families in exchange for substantial fees. And hotels, but Tanner charged multiple times for a single trip and collected the money personally rather than through the Tennessee Children's Home Society and processed the adoptions without investigating adoptive parents except their wealth. Amounts charged for adoptions range from $700 to $10,000. When reputable agencies charged almost nothing. Tan, in a 1944 speech accusing others of unlicensed adoption placements, did not, uh, did not admit selling children herself. According to Raymond, Tan made adoption, adoption socially, socially acceptable. Previously, when the U.S. state adoption law was passed in 1851, adoption was not, quote-unquote, not immediately popular. Early in the 20th century, adoption was, quote-unquote, rare. Low-income birth parents from whom children were taken were generally considered genetically inferior and the children considered adoptable, were considered, therefore, genetically genetically tainted. Before Tan's work, indenture was applied to some children with the duties to educate the children and to provide them with land scarcely enforced. And the orphan train project gathered children and transported them for resettlement under farms needing under farmers needing labor, using a procedure akin to a slave auction. Some children's custody was changed, quote, through secretive means, end quote, quote, unquote, through secretive means, between sets of parents, some willing and some unaware. Baby farms were many, baby, baby farms where many children were murdered, sold children for up to 100 each, 10 apparently disagreeing with the prevailing view, argued against her own belief that children were blank slates, thus free of the sin and genetic defects attributed, attributable to their parents, thus making adoption appealing and providing a way for children who might otherwise have been dead to survive to receive care. Her waiting list include much of the U.S., Canada, and South America. One person adopted through the Tennessee Children's Home Society was wrestler Ric Flair. End quote. Oh, and then they have an section section of this page that says, quote, unquote, 
Brookers, who sold babies, were found in Augusta, Georgia, and Wichita, Kansas. A sale by a midwife occurred in New Orleans, Louisiana. A child was sold twice on the train ride, and one father traded his unborn daughter for a poker deck. In 1955 to 1956, attempts to pass U.S. federal legislation to ban baby stealing, baby selling, failed. End quote. Did you hear the part when I said a father traded his unborn daughter for a broker debt? Yeah. Not me saying broker, a poker debt. Anyways, that is so messed up. And you know what's even like more horrendous and horrible is that these parents who are selling their children have no idea if their child will be in good hands or not they just sell them just because do they even have consciences like seriously you could be selling your children to, to pedophiles rapists people who have no intention to do good for your child and you're just gonna sell them like that that is truly horrifying and disgusting and effed up. Do I want to say the bad word? Does it? Does it? Okay, I'm gonna say it. no. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but seriously, this BS needs to stop right now. Literally. So I found this article by Jamaica Gleaner, and it's titled "Parents Selling Children Shows Desperation of Afghanistan." So the article says, "Quote in." sprawling settlement of mud brick huts in western Afghanistan housing people displaced by drought and war a woman is fighting to save her daughter Aziz Gol's husband sold the 10 year old girl into marriage without telling his wife taking a down payment so he could feed his family of 5 children without that money he told her they would all starve he had to sacrifice one to save the rest. Many of Afghanistan's growing number of destitute people are making desperate decisions such as these as their nation spirals into vortex of poverty. End quote. If you go to the Spilt Thoughts with El Rayu podcast website, uh, there will be the episode for this up there where you can see the link for this. You can see the link for this article that I just read. I'm not going to read the rest of it, but there's more in there. It talks about the food shortages and other stuff in Afghanistan, if you're interested. So, you can go read it. But I want to know if that man felt some guilt that he sold his 10-year-old daughter for marriage. Like, what if she was being tortured and raped? Would did, did Do you think... He, he sleeps good at night like do you think do you think he loses sleep at night thinking about the horrible things his daughter could be going through like does do you think the guilt just he just like eats him alive of uh, uh, like all the possibilities of what could be happening to his daughter right at this moment let's talk about royal families or well, not even, like, the royal family, because we all know the royal family that everyone knows, but, like, royal families in general, or, like, royals. 
So do you think they marry people for love or is it just arranged marriages and what's best for like the public or the media? Because based off of some of the shows I've watched or books I've read, they mainly just care about how they look publicly and not actually about the country that they're the royal family of, but like how people view them and all of that thing. I mean... Some of these people be marrying their frippin' cousins and other family members. I mean, it's maybe because they want the quote-unquote royal bloodline to, like, stay in the family or whatever. But seriously, marrying your cousin? That's a whole nother level, level of disgusting and icky, okay? No, like, imagine being forced to marry your cousin. That is so uncomfortable even think about gross no i mean the only royal couple i've ever really i'm not like really searching about royal couples or really into that like the royal people but i mean if we're talking about prince harry and miss Meghan markle uh we gotta say i feel like they actually love each other i mean he left his oh his whole duty as a prince because his family, like he left his whole family to be with Megan. That's, I guess that's a good example of like being controlled by your family. Because like, I don't remember how the whole story goes and the, most of this could be wrong, but you could also search this up. But based, like the basis of this is like, um, my, like the, the royal family doesn't really like Megan like that. And they went to live in Canada, by the way. But, like, the... So, like, he was like, nope, I'm dipping. I love Megan. I'm leaving. So, like, now they're in Canada with, like, I think their son. Because, like, they have a baby boy. So, like, I guess that's the thing of, like, him low-key being cut off by his family because he chooses love. If that makes sense. So, we can look at them as, like, a good example of this, of him finding someone that maybe doesn't really meet his family, fa- his family's standards, or his family doesn't really approve of. But, like, he was cut off by them, kind of. He he left them for Megan. Good on him. That's what you call love. <laughs> Me saying that's what you call love. Like I have no idea what love. Like I have any idea what love is. Oh well, moving on. So I, when I searched up. Uh, arranged marriages and royal families this article came up it is by foreign policy and it's titled royal weddings are a fairy tale they used to be high stakes diplomacy i'm not going to really read about it but i think the basis of this article is somewhat interesting and if you want to go on that and read about it just check my uh website link where you can just see all the links or stuff that I'm gonna discuss in this. Yeah. But I think you could definitely go check out that article because it does have some basis on it. But we're gonna go to Quora. Me lucky being unorganized, but we're rolling with it. So the question here asked on Quora is what are your thoughts on people selling their own babies? So uh, pr- this user says, I have never heard of this before, but I think it's really messed up. Babies are still humans. 
just because they can't express their needs and wants as well as adults can, the parents should not make that decision for the baby. Selling babies sound a lot like human trafficking and should be illegal if it isn't. Making profit off off of a human baby who has feelings is not okay one bit and if anyone says otherwise they're just dumb i do agree with this person saying it's low-key kind of like human trafficking because i mean you're taking that baby against its will it doesn't understand that you're selling it which like which person would want to be sold against their will why would you do that to a baby like that's so disgusting Alright, let's read the next one. A person says, a next person says, I think it's devastating that anyone lives, I think it's devastating that anyone lives this type of life where selling your child seems like it's the only way to give them a good life. It's heart-wrenching. Can you imagine being in that situation? Could any of us sit here and say that put in a position of watching your child starve to death or selling them to someone who could keep them alive that wouldn't that we wouldn't make the decision that determines survival i'm not saying it's okay or should be an acceptable practice but as a parent i can sympathize with the thought behind it it's very sad that we live in a world where anyone would have even have to face that choice or that it would even have to be a choice i mean that's another way to look at it and if I'm being honest, I haven't really, throughout like this whole episode so far, I haven't really been empathic, empathetic much. Because, I mean, I'm not a parent. And my parents give me a pretty good life. So, yeah, but this article here that I, th- not this article, this response that I just read from this person is low-key giving me a different view. But it's, but mainly I'm just talking. I mean, instead of selling your child, the thing is, it's selling. Because you have stuff like adoption that you can just, like, let someone who has a good home adopt your child. I mean, you even have people who ensure that these people are good people to be interested in your children in, you know? So I don't see why selling is a thing. I mean, I guess it could, this is so horrible to say, but I guess it could somewhat be a quote-unquote win-win situation because you're in poverty and you have a child. So you're selling the child to someone who could give your child a better chance at life, but you're also going to get money, so that could help you out, if that makes sense. I just think adoption, like legal adoption, would be a better way to go about this. If you're that concerned with your child's well-being, I may have said, like, worded that wrong. But, I mean, if that's really why, like, you want the child to have a better life, I feel like adoption would just go the better way or maybe it's a bit more ethical to me. I don't know. Because by selling them, you're you're getting money in your pocket. With adoption, you're not getting money in your pocket. So, like, you see the difference? Like, you see why I'm so hung up on this one? Like, you see the difference, right? Like, you're getting money for one, and your child's getting a good life. And then for the other one, you're not getting no money, but but your child's still getting a good life, if that makes sense. Like, you see the difference? And why I might think it's a bit shady? I mean, 
Am I surprised? Not really, because when it comes down to it, people are often selfish than not, and will probably make a choice that will benefit them too, if that makes sense. But still, you know? So, this person says, because they're truly monstrous and don't deserve to live. Wait, what on there? Wolanda, Wolanda, Wolanda. The question is, why do some people sell their children? So are they saying it's because the children are monstrous and don't deserve to live? Or are they saying the parents are monstrous and don't deserve to live? I feel like it's parents, but the way how this is said is making it look like uh, the children are monstrous and don't deserve to live, if that makes sense. That one's a little bit confusing, but, yeah. Okay, this is a hella long one, but we're going to read it, and it's going to be the last one, okay? So it says, okay, I read your comment below as well, which explains your question. There are some reasons for selling children. None of these are excuses, and I'm not an expert. But I do work with low-income students and families, and I understand South Asian culture to an extent since I was born into it. You probably know this also, but I will try to add. I also see variations of this play out in some families, and almost always it is a girl child who is sold or sent away to a relative. One, abject poverty. People live in small huts, sleep on the stone floor, and eat perhaps once a week. They can be that poor. Two, culture dictates. So, culture dictates that a woman isn't complete unless they are with a husband and children and in poor families. One, one way of getting out of these parents' kitchen floor is to marry and move out. They will still be married any day, any yay. One life goal complete. What the hell? Anyways, moving on. Three. Then they have kids. Loads and loads of kids. Most low-income families are also strongly traditional, and they do not use contraceptives or anything thereof. They see children as a source of their prosperity. Many have children to help them in the farms and fields, and later on to help babysit the younger children. They also see children as an investment for their later lives because they believe these children will look after them when they are older. When I visit these families, many people who see ask me and, tell, and I tell that I am childless ask me how I intend to be taken care of in my old age. 4. Then tradition demands that girls, if they marry, should be given a dowry. Female children are seen as a burden and drain on the family because when they get married, they take the family wealth with them. Rather, goes to the husband. 5. It is therefore easier to get rid of the girl child by selling her. Hey, she brings in money. She's not going to need a dory. Sometimes these are done with the best intentions. For example, a stranger or even a distant relative would come and say, let me take care of your beautiful daughter to the capital. Let me, quote, um, quote, let me take care of your beautiful daughter 
to the capital where she can be a model and an actress and she can send money home and will collect her own dowry so she can come home and marry a nice village boy, end quote. Six, or the parents realize they cannot feed all the mouths they have if they regret selling a kid, they can just make more. Also in some families, the 16-year-old son might have gotten married and has moved back home with his pregnant wife, so they need to make space for them as well. After all, sons are more important, and therefore, let's sell a daughter. Um, this one irked me so fucking much. Like, I wanted to stop reading it and say my opinion on the BS all of this is. I mean, these are legit reasons why some people sell their children. But, I mean, the fact that these are reasons is disgusting. Truly disgusting. Reading some of the things that I just read made me so angry. Like, literally. And if this did not argue or make you angry in any way, do you even have emotions? Are you okay? Do you know what sympathy is? Do you know when some, do you have, like, what's wrong with you? Anyways, the last ones annoyed me the most, if I'm being honest. Especially, wait, there was one that made me so mad. Six, four, and five all arced me more than one, two, and three. One is probably the least annoying because it's really just poverty that they're talking about. But the fact that, let me, the fact that six is like the pregnant, the 16-year-old son gets his wife pregnant. So they're going to sell a daughter or like make space and get money for them, like the fuck? How that makes sense. And then four is like, uh, they burden and drain the family because of when they get married. Didn't y'all make it like that? Didn't y'all make the culture like that? Didn't y'all make it like that? So how you gonna complain? Isn't like the people make the culture? Isn't culture the way of life? So isn't like y'all that make it? Why don't y'all think about the girls? You know them are feelings. Them are people. Women have feelings. Women. This goes so deep into misogyny. It's not even funny. And I could do a whole episode just on this one statement and why it is so annoying. Like why it annoys me so much. Quote, female children are seen as a burden and a drain on the family. End quote. Seriously. Seriously. Seriously? Based on the ones that comes in later on about the one about the 16-year-old son and the pregnant wife, right? Another son, like, Another son, and then they have, then they have the audacity to say, after all, sons are more important, and therefore, let's sell a daughter. What a bumble clock that. Tell me now. Tell me, what that. 
No, because this is pissing me off. It pi this one pissed me off so much. Mood ruined. If it already wasn't talking about this topic. Mood ruined. Like, I feel so sorry for the girls who live in those countries. When people when, when pe live in the countries that people think this way. I feel so sorry for them. Like, it's all based on fucking misogyny. Seriously. That one sentence just really, ugh. Quote, after all, sons are more important and therefore let's sell a daughter, end quote. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with people? Seriously? Females, ladies, girls, women are people too. Okay, they have feelings. They experience everything you do, okay? Damn, like, ugh, mood ruined much. The most of sexual abuse and just abuse in general, it's girls. Like, we all, like, why is it always girls? Why? Like, damn. Like, they said it's mostly girls. Seriously? Like, why do the world hate women so much? What did women ever do to this world? No, like, seriously, what? I want to know. Like, why do men hate women so much? I literally did an episode. What's it, what's it called? Let me look for it. It's called Men Need to Stop Bullying Women, Especially to Please Men. And it really, real, they really do. Like, Like, th they really think women want this alpha shit. No, it's bullshit. Like, they really think we want this tough gangsta BS. No. Now, I'm going to read this article from South China Morning Post. And it is titled, China Crime. Man who sold his five children to human traffickers sentenced to ten years in jail. Ten years? That's all he got? Ten years? Ten. People, I swear. So it says, quote, the children were sold for a price ranging from 10,000 won, which is 3,142 US dollars, to 80,000 won, which is 12,570 US dollars. Despite government efforts to stamp out the practice Child trafficking remains an issue in China, including parents selling their own children. The article then continues to say, quote, A couple in central China had five children within eight years, and the father sold them successively for a total of 1,801, 1, which is 28,283 U.S. dollars. A local court has revealed. The father, surnamed Young, was sentenced to 10 years in jail for selling his two sons and three daughters, born between 2012 and last year, to human traffickers. According to an article on the website of Yuxian court, Country Court in Hebei Province, published late last month, and which went viral on Wednesday, end quote. The fact that they were born, like the oldest was born in 2012, making that child around nine years old today, 
nine to ten years old today, depending on when they were born. It's really crappy. Just like, just imagine you're selling your nine-year-old and your other four children who are under nine to human traffickers. Why? Oh my. You know, one of those childs should have worked 1,800 young. Not 1,000. No, not me saying the number wrong. 180,000 yuan. That's what one child should have worked. You should have got quadruple that 20,000 US that you got. Like, really? Children are priceless, okay? Stop selling them. Uh, the article then continues to say, quote, the man, quote unquote, man made childbirther was a way to make profits and sold the babies after they were born to whoever wanted them, regardless of their motive for buying the children, the court said. This man needs a beating, a real beating. The article then continues to say, Despite government efforts to stamp out the practice, child trafficking remains an issue in China, including parents selling their own children, but Yang's case has shocked the public. It's unclear if his wife was coerced into agreeing to the trafficking, but she was not charged with any crimes according to the court documents. One of the children was sold to a patient who shared a ward with Yang's wife while she was still in hospital after giving birth whereas the rest were all sold via a middleman surnamed Lee to people whose purposes were unknown, the court heard. Alright. As I said earlier, the article is going to be on my podcast website, so you can go finish reading that. It is absurd, honestly. It's sickening as well. Like, really? Like, not even for someone who's illegally adopting. Like, it's just sold into uh, human trafficking. Like, you know the horrors that goes on in that? And you willingly sold your child? Like, it doesn't even say if he was, like, in poverty or whatever. He just sold his children. Why? I would now like to read an article from wmagazine.com and the title of this is A Brief History of the British Royal Family's Complicated Romantic Entanglements Then under that it says Even in the age of Tinder fairy tale love matches are no simple matter for a prince I'm not going to read it Alright so a part of this that I really wanted to read, there's like two paragraphs of this that I wanted to read. I kind of want to skip out the first one. Alright, so let's do this one. Quote. So the article goes to say, goes on to say, quote, It is extraordinary that it was recently as 2005, eight years after the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, that Prince Charles was finally allowed to marry his first love, Camilla Parker Bowles. And even then, not without controversy, 
Interestingly, the media treated Camilla as the hated mistress until the eve of his wedding. They then assigned her the assigned her overnight the role of supportive wife, which she still enjoys. I mean, of course they were gonna go after Camilla. Like Princess Diana was like everybody's favorite. Like according to stuff that I've heard that she was so nice. And then there was like this Michael Jackson story about like the dirty Diana, the Michael Jackson song. So alright. Let's read the other article. So, not the other article. The other paragraph. It's quite long. Brace yourselves. So, this quote. Forbidden fruit always tastes better, and rulers have often struggled with ways to address the issue. King George III created the Royal Marriages Act, 1772, a year after his brother, the Duke of Cumberland, committed the shocking act of marrying a commoner. The... 28-year-old widow, Anne Horden. The king told his brother that, quote, he had irretrievably ruined himself, end quote, by his, quote-unquote, disgraceful conduct. The act decreed that no descendant of George II, other than children born to princesses, married into foreign families, would marry without the concept, consent of the ruling British monarch. Any marriages that disregard these stringent terms were effectively was effectively null and void. Thus, his son, the Prince of Wales, the future George, George the Fourth, was deemed to have contracted an illegal marriage with the twice-married Roman Catholic Maria Fitzherbert in 1785. His brother William IV produced some 10 illegitimate children before attempting to create legitimate ones with a Protestant royal wife around 1890. Prince Albert Victor, the Duke of Clarence, grandson of Queen Victoria and her presumptive heir, seriously considered renouncing the throne to marry Princess Helene of Orleans, her Catholicism being the issue. Although she was prepared to renounce her faith, neither her father nor Pope Leo VIII nor the British Prime Minister would sanction this union. End quote. You know what? After uh, like all of this, what I have to say is like, royal marriages are messy AF. I swear. I feel like no one is truly like no one truly does what they want when they're involved in royal families, and they're just controlled by. Not themselves, basically, controlled by anything but themselves. You know, I really intended. I didn't really intend this. Uh, episode to be um, longer than this like as long as it is now but we're going to go through one more article about arranged marriages and then we're gonna just going to end off this episode because it's been I probably estimated about 20 minutes for me to um, talk about my opinions on these topics but we're going into some research here so 
grab your snacks if you already did not grab your snacks or you finish them. Eat your food, you know? Chill, relax. I don't know how you can relax. <laughs> Some of this stuff are really horrible. So this article that I'm reading now is from Brides.com and it's titled What Modern Arranged Marriages Really Look Like. So the article says, quote, it's estimated over half of the marriages worldwide are arranged and that over 20 million of those unions exist in the world today. A surprising fact, given that we almost never hear about arranged marriages unless we're discussing their famously low divorce rate. Really? Low divorce rate? Low-key shook. Low divorce. I mean, low-key shook by that statement, but carry on. In the U.S., while the divorce rate hovers around 40 or 50 percent, the divorce rate for arranged marriage is 4 percent. In India, where some estimate that 90 percent of the marriages are arranged, the divorce rate is only 1 percent. Damn! 1 percent? Are low divorce rates a sign that arranged marriages work? Or just a sign that those involved in them are also the type of people who are, for one reason or another, unlikely to file for divorce. The closer you look at the world of modern arranged marriages, the clearer it is that things have changed, but only for some. The article then says, quote, I'm skipping out a part there, but it says, quote, but perhaps the biggest change is how some young people are given in their arrangement. While we traditionally think of arranged marriage to mean showing up at the altar to meet your spouse for the first time, the modern take has more negotiation. While the family influence is still key, and indeed it is often the family choosing the potential partner, some people are given a power of veto. Quote, today's arranged marriages place much more emphasis on free choice, end quote. Pamela Regan, a professor at California State University in Los Angeles, tells the not. Quote, people are saying, I'm willing to let my parents find someone, but if I don't like them, I have the right to say no, end quote. There is an expectation that all parties will have an opinion and opportunity to decline. This is not only the case in the West, where immigrant par partners, not immigrant partners, where the immigrant parents may have children more resistant to such arrangements. In areas of the world where arranged marriages are still popular, certain circles are moving towards giving the children more and more say in their partner, but that is only in certain circles. End quote. The article is not finished, and I didn't read everything, and you can go read it if you want, so, yeah. The thing, I don't really have a problem with arranged marriages, but if you're forcing someone to mar marry to someone else, I do have a problem with that. Uh, I agree with the last thing I read, which is about them, which is about the kids being able, being able to say, no, I don't want this. That's what I agree with, but if they have no say in it at all, that's effed up, and... Then they, that then that means they have no control over their lives at all, because I mean, who you spend the rest of your life with is something really important and something you would want to choose, right? Anyways, uh, I love to hear your thoughts, so go to your website and comment your thoughts. And yeah, 
we have reached the end of this episode. I hope I opened your eyes maybe a little bit to these things. Yeah, bye.